And welcome back to 90s Noise. This is Ashley, born 1988. I'm April, born 1991. So three musketeers. We are in 1993. <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> Okay. So really quick, uh, just give those who are unfamiliar with this movie. So just a little synopsis for the movie, this movie, we are doing Three Musketeers, 1993. It was a Disney production. So just read in the little synopsis off the back for those who haven't seen it. Not the star-studded comedy adventure that dazzled moviegoers everywhere. In this action-packed tale of three loyal swordsmen, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, who are joined by an eager recruit, Chris O'Donnell, to protect the King of France. Together, the force of battle enormous odds in their attempt to defeat the evil royal uh, advisor, Tim Curry, and seductive envoy, Rebecca de Mornay, plotting to overthrow France's crown, fighting against both time and scores of enemies. You'll cheer out loud when these exciting musketeers face danger, fun, and adventure at every turn, proving they're the greatest swashbucklers who ever lived. That is the <laughs> winded synopsis on the back of the DVDs that were released after the fact, obviously, since DVDs were not mm. a big commodity. In 93? In, <laughs> yeah, in 93. Yeah. We're going to start with this, Ashley. This was your first time seeing this movie. So what did you think? Go ahead, rip off the Band-Aid. So that way, then I can just dive into my obsession yeah. with this movie. <laughs> yeah. As far as I can say, like, and remember, I don't feel like I've ever seen this movie. I feel like the Three Musketeers characters are familiar, but I don't know if it's these guys or if it's some other version of it. So yeah. that's why I was kind of like, I, I don't know. But- just rip not, it off, not, rip off the bandage. Not as bad as Three Ninjas, I will say that. <laughs> it's not as bad as Three Ninjas. I do have a comment to say later on when we're talking. I'm not going to bring it up now, It's some, but it's something that I, I found really funny when I was watching it. Have you ever seen the original, though? I'm curious. Like the black and white? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm sure I probably watched that in a insomniatic stupor. Uh, <laughs> um not being able to fall asleep because they they would play it on tv in the middle of the night mm. the old versions yeah, you know yeah, when yeah. they would do like those black and white stuff yeah i didn't know that it was a disney movie either and i feel like the rating of the movie i'm not sure what the rating is do you know what the rating is it, for it it was a pg really so yes it was a little bit more intense than I thought it was going to be because as I was watching it, I'm like so if April was a baby and diapers watching this movie this is very interesting like there were some yes. intense scenes there were some um like sexual type scenes I'm like yeah whoa yeah <laughs> I was not expecting any of that <laughs> well so you do gotta think about it um so Disney was they kind of had two parts to them in the 90s, early 90s. They had their theme park animated kids mm -hmm. things. And then they had what, like their live action, more family, but 
pushing towards adults uh geared items and this was definitely one of them and it's actually funny you mentioned that so I'll just kind of go into so first off my existence was completely like questioned this week um because after rewatching it for the umpteenth time I did I was then doing like some extra research on it and I was thinking oh we're getting close to the release date for it like the oh, actual 30th we? oh no we're not <laughs> yeah. so we're like six months away that's okay it's close uh, it's, it's not six <laughs> months is it oh yeah gosh, November 12th or, is what it says here. yeah November so I saw that November 1993 I'm like that's not right I, I was so confused because I remember us going and seeing this in theaters for my oldest brother's birthday mm-hmm. which his birthday is at the end of July okay and so my mom and I were talking about it and was like how is this possible she's like oh, that may just be for when it was released on VHS I'm like, I'm looking everywhere and I can't, I'm no. So I texted my brother. I was like, we saw this for your birthday, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, how's that possible? He's like, we saw, we didn't see it when it, the year it came out. We saw it the following year at the cheap theater. Oh, so you remember when they would do that, they would mm-hmm. release, they would have the big releases. And then a lot of times they'd be recycled because we didn't have streaming services mm-hmm. or the availability that we do now they would get recycled in theaters yeah oh yeah they did that mm-hmm. we ended up so we saw it in 1994 okay but how they set up the vhs releases they did batches and so the first batch of dv or vhs release was in like spring of 94 and then Christmas time of 94, which we'll get to that story in a little bit (laughs) in regards to that. So I was three when I saw it in theaters, when my parents took all of us. I mean, it was both of my brothers and me. Now, do you think your parents knew? No idea. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, I feel like the three musketeers that I... I'm not saying that I remember, but that I would kind of place this movie is very comedic and kid friendly and stuff like that. It's something more of like, okay, I can understand April like watching this, but then watching this and seeing some of those scenes and um, some of the fights and the gore and you know all that, and then again like the sexual stuff, I'm like, wait, hold up, <laughs> what? <laughs> so obviously the sexual stuff right over my head, of course. But I was talking to my mom and she's like, you know, if we had known ahead of time, we probably wouldn't have taken you with us. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> because, so now that you've seen it, there's the scene towards the end where, um, so, so this is going to be huge spoilers for anybody who's not, we're not going to do it in really any order here. But these <laughs> are kind of just more my memories of it. So this, the scene in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically towards the end when they're chasing after the bad guy and everything, the part where Porthos goes is off by himself, Oliver Platt's character, and he runs into that big 
guy who um, Tim Curry was like, we're being followed, take care of it. And he doesn't speak. He's just like, her. Yeah. When that scene came on and Porthos was fighting him, my mom made me cover my eyes. Mm, Did okay. your parents ever make you cover your eyes when watching anything? I think we talked about this before on something. Um, and I think I had said, I don't remember. But I would hope in those cases they did or like said, so, I don't know. But again, it's like, if you're young, what are okay. you going to do with that anyways? <laughs> okay, so when you're young, I don't know if anybody else would do this, but for me, when I was told to cover my eyes, this right. was my covering yeah, exactly. my eyes. Exactly. You're They're still covered. hearing stuff. You're still like peeking or through. like just barely. And so that's what I did. I was like barely able to see, but I'm still seeing it when he meets up with um, Kiefer Sutherland's character. He's like, where have you been? I was taking care of something. Luckily, that line stuck with me really yes and it was we were my mom and I were talking about this and she's like I don't know why that line stuck with you I was like I don't know but this may also be part of the reason why like I'm like obsessed with like watching serial killer documentaries and stuff like that like those like crazy things like I might have been scarred as a child by watching Three Musketeers and then it just kind of fascinated me or something (laughs) oh my god I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So all around, I I do have to ask, like, how did you think this held up to you watching it for Mm. the first time now? Mm. Like, because I I personally feel like we talked with three ninjas, those Mm. don't hold up worth a Mm. shit. Right. Um, Like they they couldn't do any, like they would not work at all right now. I feel if there was a couple little tweaks in this movie, it could hold up pretty well right now. What do you think? Yeah, and I and I think what it has going for it is that it's a period piece. So usually those type of movies always do hold up because you know, okay, it's a movie that's set in a certain in a different time than we ever grew up in. So like we really can't necessarily relate to those, anyways. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. There wasn't anything that stood out where I was like, oh, like that's not that's not okay. That won't work today. I, I felt like. And as a whole, like the movie was, was fine in that respect. I, I I don't see any issues with people wanting to still watch it and go watch it for the first time or whatever. Like, I think it worked well still. Yeah. What was it about the movie that you feel they may have been a little iffy? Uh, probably some, uh, like a little bit of the sexual mm. parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, okay, was it necessary? You know, I, mean, I think a movie would have yeah. been great if it even better, maybe that if it didn't mm. have those. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a necessary part to include, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and what's interesting about this, so this is loosely based off of the book. Mm. That book is also loosely based off of people in actual history. There was actually uh, King Louis, I think mm-hmm. it was the 14th, and then Cardinal Richelieu was an advisor. I think this might also be part of why I grew to enjoy history so much. Mm. Like that was one of my favorite subjects in school and everything was history. And especially once I got into, I think it was high school when we actually were learning about some European history. And this was the this time and King Louis and um, 
the cardinal and everything were talked about in the books. It was like just a little snip type thing. Did you ever get to do a project on the Three Musketeers? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I would have loved to, honestly. This, it's it's funny because I, I watch this movie regularly now and for the long for a long time I hadn't seen it for probably 10 years or something Mm -hmm. but going back to it I just I still love it it's it's a good movie it's a good-hearted movie what is it that stands out the most to you that you feel like you keep going back to it that's a really good question so I definitely like the lines the like some of the Mm one-liners I, I've always enjoyed kind of the squash buckling <laughs> types of movies like a pirate, like Pirates of the Caribbean, those oh, types yeah. where it's it's kind of a piratey or some like Robin Hood, those different types. Mm. And so this kind of had a mixture of that it was kind of a mix of Robin Hood and pirates combined. Yeah. Love Tim. Tim Curry was I think fucking brilliant in this. Yeah, I was gonna say his his part was good. Like it's again, it's one of those things where as soon as he comes on screen, he like just embodies a character. He just like takes mm-hmm. over. You're like, okay, come on, Tim, give us your best. Like you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He he fit the role really well, and I I wish his part was a little bit bigger. I guess, but mm-hmm. I do too. And I I just like I said, I I loved his role in this, and it's it's funny because. Pretty much everybody in this, the main people, um, like Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen, Chris O'Donnell, uh, Tim Curry, all of them went on to do a shit ton of other things. Um, Rebecca De Mornay also. And seeing them in things later on, I always I still see them from this movie. Mm. Like probably 15 years ago, I was re-watching maybe 15, 20 years ago, I was rewatching Beethoven mm-hmm. and Oliver Platt is in it. You know, I was trying to place where I had seen him and something. Who does he play in that? Him and Stanley Tucci are the oh, he's dog the... catchers. Oh, okay. He's the taller one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he he's so familiar. Like, I just mm-hmm. couldn't place like where he was from. Okay, that, that makes sense. And that... It was so funny because I was watching it. And again, it was probably in that lull that I hadn't seen Three Musketeers for a little while. And it was, it, Beethoven was just on TV. And I look at my mom, and I go, why am I, why is my brain connecting to France? <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, Oliver Platt, that's Porthos from Three Musketeers. I go, damn, it is. I was like, look, that is. And it was very, I mean, close to it because this started filming in in April of 1993. And so Beethoven was, what, 92? Mm -hmm. They filmed 92, 91. I can't remember if Brian had specified that um, year, but Mm -hmm. it was very shortly after that he was then in this. And... He didn't have long hair like that, though, did he? No, he he had short hmm. hair. They grew it out pretty quick. Yeah, and he and it might have been a wig too. His lines, especially in this, were 
I mean, I got this sash. The sash was given to me by the Queen of America. Oh, that I remember that <laughs> like one. Yeah, those different ones. I I love just how crazy some of them were. Like this axe was a gift to me from the Tsarina of Tokyo, and you're just like you you're hearing it and you're like this is ridiculous but so funny and I loved it so for me it was really weird seeing Charlie Sheen like I'm not used to him in like a more serious type role that he was playing yeah so I would say that was like the hardest thing for me to really get behind like I just you know what I mean? Like when you picture someone in like a certain role, like that's all yeah. you can picture. So trying to, to make sense of the character who was playing and, and believe him, I was just like, Charlie, no, like just, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so weird rewatching this after everything that's going on with him yeah. because you kind of just see that in your mind. And it, it, that killed me when, because I, because these the four main actors especially um I was just so like drawn to and was always like liked watching other things they were in like how I went and watched uh I think of scary movie three simply because Charlie Sheen was in it oh yeah he was in that oh man that's how I did a lot of things like that's yeah. how I saw a lot of movies yeah. and then once the whole like tiger's blood and winning and everything it's just kind of like I, I like to think of him more from this role right than anything else yeah you'll just go back to the older stuff he did before like mm-hmm. that came to light and be like okay yeah 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 so like I, I know those three like the main musketeer guys mm-hmm. but the other guy Chris Chris said? O'Donnell uh-huh he looks familiar but I I didn't look up to see like what else he's done so tell me more about that (laughs) okay so he was in the 19 oh gosh I don't remember the years that these came out but Mm. he was in Batman and Robin he played Robin Hmm. with George Clooney okay he most recently had been in NCIS LA I don't know if you ever. Watched I don't watch that. that. No, I don't watch that. Okay, he's done. He's he's done a lot, and so he. Let me just pull him up while I got a thing to see. Oh, okay. So now, okay. So seeing like a more current picture, he yeah. looks familiar. Okay, as far as things I, so he did do a lot of like NCIS stuff. That I yeah, he he's been doing NCIS for a while. Like I've seen a few episodes of it, but not like uh, I don't watch it religiously. Like. Yeah, I like Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. <laughs> what is that? That sounds Oh my gosh. It is it's a it's one that's a best watched either uh drunk or high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm working my way there, so <laughs> yeah, I mean he like fried green tomatoes, he was in that um before this. I mean, I've liked a lot of the stuff he's done. I've I've watched the NCISs that was pretty cool to see that progression right because of course three musketeers batman and robin and then more currently mm-hmm. he is great actor i think that i it's funny watching this and then thinking back in pirates of the caribbean 
Orlando Bloom almost kind of like like channels Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan. Really? I, I feel that like some of like the hat, like especially towards the end of Pirates when he's kind of like accepted the mm-hmm. fact that he's his father was a pirate and stuff. Had a lot of very three musketeers d'artagnan vibes from that i mean maybe he was influenced by it you know i mean it could have i mean everyone's always influenced by something when they go into roles Mm -hmm. and you you said before like pirates and this kind of go hand in hand almost so that i i don't see why not yeah (laughs) it's it's funny i uh i like i said i loved it and while working at blockbuster i would always put this movie in to watch I had three or four movies because we had to keep it. It had to be a certain rating. Right. So, and it had to be something that we actually had in store, whether we, it was like a personal copy we brought, but we had to have it available to be able to rent. So at the time I didn't have an actual DVD copy anymore. So I was just using the in-store one. I kid you not 98% of the time, Within the first 15 minutes of playing this movie, like the first or second person who would come in the store once I started it would be like, oh, what's this? Oh, jeez. I tell them, is it available? Yes. Going to make me stop Give watching me a it? Second. <laughs> I would. There's, there's like, like I said, like three or four. There was oh. this. Actually, it was this movie, Surf Ninjas. Uh, a movie from the 2000s called Stranded. It was a Swiss Family Robinson type movie. Obviously, the final Harry Potter. Now, the final Harry Potter, mm. I used my own copy. Mm. But all of the other three, we only had one copy of. And without a doubt, I wouldn't even make it a third of the movie before somebody asked for it. Oh. They'd stand there and be like, oh, my kids would like this. Can I rent this? Bye. <laughs> You should have been like, well, ma'am, there's actually like a sex scene in this, so they probably won't (laughs) deter them. You should have. I should have. I should have tried. I, yeah, no, I, like I said, this movie is funny rewatching it. There's some movies I can quote pretty well. I didn't realize how well I could quote this movie from all the years. Uh oh. I kid you not, I was watching it and I like had it on in the background while um just kind of noise while I was doing something else, doing whatever. And it was uh the scene where D'Artagnan's about to be executed. Mm. And they save him and everything. Like the whole this axe was a gift to me from the Tsarina of Tokyo. D'Artagnan, don't lose your head. All of those little like one-liner punches. <laughs> Porthos, this is we're we're being chased. Right. Something red. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of one-liners. I felt like that yeah. was the whole like gist of the movie. You know, they wanted a yeah. lot of those punches and just having them all spit out like something. So oh, yeah. I, I mean it was very much so geared towards kids, like with the dialogue yeah. and stuff like that, you could tell. But I mean, again, I think they also played a right having it more also with the stuff for parents, you know, so that they yeah. could enjoy it too. Absolutely. Like I said, this was definitely one that like spurred my love of those timepieces. I want, I, I guess, so actually I found, I found out a few interesting 
bits okay. while doing some checking on this. So I don't know if you noticed, but during like the fight scenes and everything, Charlie Sheen really didn't use his sword very much. And that's because he was actually, he didn't go through the training, the fencing training that the others did because he was in the middle of shooting um, hot shots. Mm. And so they used him doing like stuff more physical, like physical yeah, like punches. And yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, I did kind of wonder why he was doing that. I was like, I mean, we have sword, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm also now. It's also kind of again, you kind of question and think. Okay, as far as the casting goes, like I would love to talk to someone on the casting team. Why? did they go the route of Charlie who I don't really think his background was action it was all comedy you know what I mean mm-hmm. like did he do action well, stuff? he uh this actually brought him and Kiefer Sutherland back together after Young Guns which oh, yeah, was did that. an action I think he did he did a decent amount kind of a comedy I feel like was more his later like mm. mid to late 90s whereas earlier on um because i mean you, you got you gotta remember his family just like Kiefer sutherland was very much a acting family yeah I mean, that's true. his father his mm-hmm. brother and him um were all very very prominent in hollywood just, i guess he just always came across as like someone who didn't take things very seriously you know what i mean like he kind of was just like felt like i probably from his upbringing just like oh things would be handed to him and like i'm charlie sheen like i don't really have to work too hard and just like mm-hmm. you know and maybe he really didn't have the time to go through the training but if you know you're going into a movie that requires some sort of skills you would think that you would want to put that character development into it a little bit you know oh, what i yeah. mean so oh, that's yeah. where it's like mm. well i know because a lot of times different people will do okay they're if they are shooting something that get is shoots up until the start of shooting of something else they'll use their downtime like in between scenes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that to learn for their next role or they'll do like a crash course once they get there Uh, Mm. like that's what for lord of the rings vigo mortensen did he got cast like a month into shooting because the first person that they had cast they thought they turned it out thinking was too young Mm. and so he he did like a freaking crash course and so there are those opportunities but I I feel like you said he kind of I don't know I don't know if this is true or anything because obviously we don't know the backstory Mm. um maybe just his schedule for uh hot shots was so rigorous that there wasn't any option to be able to do anything uh for that i mean i guess it also in a sense i feel it did kind of work to his character because his character was a little bit more in like religious based and since he had been a student of the cardinal you kind of feel like he's almost a little bit more passive with the punch, like being more focused on like hand to hand as opposed to uh, swords. Now, 
was that how it was in the original though or did they just change his character to fit that vibe I don't I think in I think don't quote me on this because I <laughs> I don't even know if I've actually truly read the book uh, yeah and like I said it's been probably 20 25 years since I actually maybe it would have seen the black and white version but I feel like for some reason I don't think they everything I read they didn't change it to like to fit that Mm. Um, that was I think already in play with his character being having been a former student of Cardinal Richelieu but then like the first scene that you're introduced to him he's on the bed with some girl so (laughs) I mean okay (laughs) we have I I guess in a sense at least it was a somebody that looked to be of age (laughs) we can only hope we can only hope (laughs) oh god that's great I there's there's just a few little interesting things like her IMDB and of course like anybody can put anything on IMDB it stated that uh Disney had wanted Robert Downey Jr. for a part Hmm, that could have been interesting I would have been that there were some other people that were up for roles uh supposedly Brad Pitt turned down the role of D'Artagnan yeah no (laughs) William Baldwin Johnny Depp Gary Oldman and uh Jean-Claude Van Damme, Carrie Elwes, and Al Pacino were all sought out by Disney for different parts. Hmm. I think I also saw somewhere that it said that, um, yeah, so Carrie Elwes was considered for one of the roles well into casting and actually appeared in a pre-production interview from New York's Planet Hollywood with Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland. Mm. I really want to see if I can't if we can't find that interview because that would be very interesting. Yeah. Dig up kind of more of why he did he pass or did they go, eh. Yeah. And maybe maybe with talking about him, I mean he had done Princess Bride. This was also about the time of Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm. And so maybe he was like, eh, I want to get out of these period pieces. Yeah, it could have been that too. I mean, I could have seen him fitting in really well, but yeah, it could have been that um, he needed to take his career somewhere else. And it was like, eh, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I do love the cast that they put together. And I do think it worked very well for that time. Mm-hmm. Now, if they would have, if they would gather everybody back again and try it again, I don't think it would. <laughs> have there been any reboots or any talks of reboots for this like I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen anything like three musketeery so they Disney did a three musketeers in like the mid 2000 teens I believe it was they did another one this had the kid from Percy Jackson Mm -hmm. it had Orlando Bloom in it Mm who played the two when he was announced I was like mm. <laughs> it was it was one of those things where I was like I kind of don't want to see it because I love this one so much right but yet if Orlando Bloom's gonna be in it I kind of do oh gosh I can never pronounce her name um, oh Mila Jovovic yeah I'm gonna butcher it forgive me for the butchering but um she was in it also okay it was a little too 
for me personally, it was a little too like effects, effects, uh... effects. Orlando Bloom's he played the Duke of Buckingham, which you only they only talk about in this one. Mm. Um, so he actually made an appearance as the Duke of Buckingham. He comes in like a freaking hot air balloon or some shit. Yeah, what? it was it was almost like they were it was too I didn't feel like it truly was for the time period that like this only was the best to for Orlando. Like yeah. <laughs> he was I have to come in in a hot air balloon or I'm not as doing the role. Or <laughs> like Orlando that doesn't fit the time period, but <laughs> well, I mean some of like it was one of those it was it was it almost kind of had like some matrixy feel to it with some of the the effects and I'm just like this mm. this is taking away from the story I felt yeah I didn't care for it they've yeah. done so many versions of three musketeers in a sense yeah in one shape I, or form and I think that's what ends up becoming the issue with a lot of those movies that they redo especially the period pieces and they try to put all the effects in it and it's like it just it works better when it's simplified because mm-hmm. obviously back then there were no special effects happening so exactly. like why are we including them into a movie like that yeah so I feel like I'm not gonna watch that newer one no. but I just I don't recommend it yeah and I just feel like if they do another one it's probably gonna end up being the same way like they're gonna ruin the what this one kind of held and even the original probably yeah and the thing with that too is like this this was like truly shot on locations Hmm. like they filmed a lot of it in austria i don't know where it is behind me but that looks nice (laughs) i know right like that it was it it was more authentic right for for the most part, I mean, if if you slow down certain scenes, like I guess there's one scene um, where you could see like a a modern day silo in the back or something, like they whether editing forgot to pull, to right. cut it out or whatever. But I mean, again, at this at this point, I, this is early '90s. I mean, just taking the time to shoot on location instead of a stage, like you have to give them props and credit for that because it's like, okay, whatever. We know they're not shooting really in that time period. So I'll forgive the little, just like when we saw like the palm trees and my girl, like they were trying to shoot on location, but it just wasn't fitting. Just wasn't. (laughs) But yeah, so I, I do like, there's also, um, I think a couple years after this came out was when Man in the Iron Mask came out which was um kind of a three musketeers but older version it had jeremy irons in it it had leonardo dicaprio in it mm. it was an interesting take mm. but i again it just for me personally does didn't resonate i will always hold this one right <laughs> yeah just just because i mean this is this is truly seared in my my memory like it, this is one of my very first memories that I still to this day can remember. It was very, a very prominent, we'll get to the story in a minute here, but from both like in loving the movie and then having a devastating, debilitating, I don't even know exactly how to say it, but like, (laughs) I love this movie, but I was also, I also was devastated by it. 
we'll go ahead and get into that story. I was like, wait, okay, girl, you got to explain that. <laughs> As I said, we saw this 1984 for my brother's birthday, okay? At that time, again, VHSs were, their distribution process was... Like a year behind the release? <laughs> not only that, it was... They only made so many right. every like so many months. Mm-hmm. I was, I, from the moment I saw this in theaters, I became obsessed and I became obsessed with it for the movie and then also the in credit song, Awful mm. Love, by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. I think I turned it off by that point, but You'll have I know, to, like, I know like, the song, and, so. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely one of my top songs like all times and it's it 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 really made me like deep dive into those artists and love their music brother's birthday was in july this is all i wanted for christmas that year Mm. only thing on my christmas list did your brothers want it though no (laughs) my brothers i i think my brothers enjoyed it but it was like yeah that was the one the one fucking thing i wanted and i was a determined little three-year-old so of course santa got it for me ah. it was santa okay i didn't even want to touch any of my other presents jeez like, I that's, I keep, I keep. Ex- exactly you, i wish you better have I a picture wish oh girl that would have been so cute I I wouldn't be surprised if we had like a VHS tape somewhere like in way back storage because we used to videotape Christmas and everything. So only thing I wanted, I I got it. I was I was so excited. My parents like had to be. We gotta go through the rest of the gifts. We I think we had to <laughs> like, like no, let's put the movie in now. <laughs> exactly. I think we had to go to my grandma's. Um, and everything is we would always do by the time i got to watch it put the tape in press play the tape was blake what how the fuck is it even possible it was blank a bootleg copy no it was like it had the stamp and everything on the vhs can you imagine the hell today if people got a blank tape like they would be raising hell on social media could you imagine three-year-old me <laughs> only thing i wanted for christmas and it was blank your parents and santa blank. gypped you we got you the tape Shh. blank <laughs> this is what i'm saying absolutely devastated well, what did your was... parents do did they return it they have to keep the, they probably didn't keep the receipt <laughs> oh my mom my mom always kept all okay. the receipts because in case, not necessarily something like this, because right. who would like who would have thought? But like in case it like br- something got broke or mm. um wasn't working and those kinds of things, she kept all receipts. I was like inconsolable. I think they probably tried like ice cream or desserts or something to get, but I was I was Aww. inconsolable. Of course, you can't. Everything's closed on Christmas. Like right. this was before Walmart was still open. Before anything stayed open, they were always closed. Like what, four p.m. Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and didn't open until the day after. I think I woke up. I think I woke my parents up the day after Christmas, and was like, "We need to go get this exchange. I need my." You know how terrible those stores are the day after Christmas too. Like 
so you you can think of that. So I think we probably got it at Kmart or something. My my mom probably got it mm-hmm. at Kmart or something of that sort. So we go and we take the tape, like we take it all, take everything, and we're like, this, my parents, this this tape's blank. Well, what do you mean? Like, and it was one of those, you know how no one's gonna believe are, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but a lot of times those were if the seal's broken and everything. And my mom's like, this is, this is blank. Someone opened the top part, fucked up the film inside. I don't know. It was just, it, it was like somebody didn't, like they had just stamped it and not even run it through. Right. And put- I'm sure that happens. Like, I'm curious. I'd love to do some research to see like how many in every tape or even DVDs, how many end up being blank. And it's, you know, probably yeah. not intentional, but. <laughs> the F, of course they weren't believing it. And then I think they like actually put it because they have the VHS player there. Mm. So they put it in and saw that it truly was blank. They didn't have any copies. Oh, of course not. Not after Christmas. <laughs> They, and so my mom's like, when are you guys getting your next shipment? We don't know. So I think they were like, we can have you exchange it for something else, or we can just give you a refund. Um, but we, I mean, you only had like, what, 30 days to return something. We don't know if we'll get the, a new copy by then. So of course my parents just took the refund for right. it because who knew? It wasn't until my birthday in April. Mm. My birthday. Uh-huh. Tell the new shipment of Three Musketeers came out. And we, like, every single time we would go into a store that had movies. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, like, Kmart, Walmart. I think we even went to, like, Best Buy. Or uh, there was this place called Hastings in Lawrence that had movies. We would, I think I'd made my parents go to every place that <laughs> carried movies at that time. Oh, my nowhere, God. Demanding. Nowhere at it. <laughs> And finally, finally, we were able to get it for my birthday four months later. Four months later. Now, did they wrap it up and present it as a new gift to you? So. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Here, we got you something. You've been... <laughs> I already so... opened this. <laughs> I wore that VHS out so badly. Like, I am still, like, distraught to this day, like, even thinking about that. Me being little three-year-old, so excited for Christmas. You know how you're excited when you're young. Oh, yeah. And the one thing I wanted, the one thing I wanted being blank, blank. Uh I almost think, I almost think it would have been better if like it just had something completely different on it. Oh, that could have been interesting. (laughs) It could have been interesting, but like at least something like, but it was, it was just, it was the it was it was the snow like you know um mm-hmm. like it literally yeah we put in and like we were like oh well maybe it's been like it wasn't rewound so right like, no it, it was rewound and it had the stamp all this kind of stuff man can you imagine today though like that company would be getting called they would be getting like shit ripped out of them disappointing kids on christmas come on oh my gosh <laughs> i was so devastated it was it's actually kind of funny because i think it was about christmas time or just after christmas in 2018 when megacon was announcing for Mm. their 2019 event people and they announced Kiefer sutherland and my heart dropped (laughs) 
I, I literally like almost started hyperventilating. Oh God. Because I was like, I was like, I can meet Kiefer Sutherland. Like I've loved him since 1990, 1994. Very long time. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was my main plan for 2019 MicroCon. I didn't care if I didn't meet anybody else there. There's a lot of people there that year. And I was like, I have to meet Kiefer Sutherland. I have to. Four and a half hours in his line. Now, I mean, I get the connection that you have. And like, it was a long time. But if I had that same opportunity to meet one of my like most favorite people ever, four and a half hours is nothing. You know what I mean? Like you would fucking oh, yeah. wait all day. <laughs> oh, I would have. Like, you know what sucks? I was the next person in line. The next person. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I and remember. He, had, he had to go do his panel. Yeah. And get mm. some food. And I was like, I wanted to go to his panel. And they're oh. like, oh, we can, we'll give you little tickets and you can come back and you'll be able to meet him. But we can't guarantee where in line you'll be. No. I haven't been to any other line since I got here. <laughs> I ain't moving. I was, and I was by myself. Like mm. I didn't, it wasn't something where I could like hold my space. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I went up and I told him about the whole Christmas fiasco and he just looked at me he's like are you serious I'm so sorry that happened it's like it's okay I ended up getting it I love this movie like it was just such a big movie for me and everything he signed it and and yeah so it's April all for love Kiefer Sutherland absolutely loved it I mean that was that was one of the reasons why it was taking so long was because he was taking time with everybody Mm. kind of like skeet was that's nice yeah which was and it's like this is this is nice to have because i've not seen him do a convention like that was the first time i'd seen him do a convention other than probably like san diego or something like one of the california ones so turtles is big because of like the whole how my brothers chose my name and Mm. everything um and so i i have a connection to that regardless and it being number one well the day that I was born all that but this one was really more mine I Mm -hmm. guess you could say yeah and to this day obviously like everybody's top movies change throughout their life different placements and everything to this day this movie is still always going to be considered my number one favorite movie of all times and it is one that like if I am having a bad day or something, mm-hmm. I can throw it on. I do love that Disney Plus did put it up. Mm-hmm. It makes it nice. Because now I don't have to go grab my DVD right. yeah. and everything. I love that because I, I I've been trying to think for a while now if there is any movie or anything that does that for me and has that same connection, but I really don't think there is. I mean, and maybe it's just because my memory sucks and like maybe there was something that I loved as a kid, but yeah, I don't really know of any, I mean, A Little Princess obviously is like the only thing that I know that like I watched that so many times I memorized the whole movie, like, you know, you know, Three Musketeers. So maybe that one, but it's not the same type of, you know, connection I feel like that you have with this movie, which I think is just, uh, that that's, it's crazy to think about that a, a kid at three could have that connection, but that is honestly like really, really cool. So like, I, I think that's, that's awesome. You have that 
Yeah. I I wonder if like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just a easy way of like dealing with three kids and everything to like put movies on, mm-hmm. especially when younger, when you can't really like just let them loose in your yard, um, especially in the nineties, like while we did that and everything, while we were constantly lo- like, go play in the yard, come, come back inside when it gets dark type of thing. It it also is a little like scary when you think about it. Like we're mm-hmm. watching some of these uh, documentaries on different things that happened, especially in the nineties, because there wasn't a camera on every corner mm-hmm. or in every single pocket. Yeah. You really only got the news and stuff from the news or that's like yeah. word of mouth you didn't get to just flip through your phone and figure out what the fuck's going on every square into the world you know so exactly it's, it's crazy to think that in the 90s we were so oblivious to so much shit happening because we were just like well I mean well it's fine here <laughs> exactly and then that's kind of also how like it was with movies like you really didn't mm-hmm. know a lot you would see a preview for something and you didn't really have the ability to go do a deep dive mm-hmm. okay who else in this what's right. it about what what are critics saying what are reviews saying what's you know that's something that I feel like Mary Kate Nashley did really well because on all of their like movies and stuff they always promoted everything else that they were doing so like it yeah. made you want to go and get everything else you know ver- exactly. so I feel I, I, you're right like there was no way for us to really know unless you're browsing the shelf or happen to see a preview which I don't even know when I would have seen previews except for right before, you know, the VHS tape goes into it. Yeah. Like they didn't play them randomly on TV or anything. I don't feel. They've, I don't think they really did. They might, like, I think they might have. Like the big, big ones. There was like, yeah, there would be like little TV spots for them. Yeah. Or like with a wonderful world of Disney. Mm -hmm. Those, I feel like they would showcase some of their up and coming movies for that like right while it was playing because everybody watched wonderful oh god yeah like (laughs) that was you were in front of your tv if if you didn't if you went to school the next day and you didn't know what movie had been played for wonderful world of disney uh uh-uh you ain't sitting (laughs) at this table cutthroat school you went to (laughs) A small town school, that's that's well, the yeah. issue. And that's, a, honestly, I think that's also part of why I dove into movies so much is because, number one, I I didn't have a lot of kids that were my age close to me. Mm. Like, obviously, like, going to school, like, people from school, but most of those people lived so far. a little ways away. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like you could just walk down to their street. Right. I either held on to my brothers and their friends or if they pushed me too much I then would hold on to movies Mm -hmm. that was kind of a double-edged sword for me because I love the movies and I love watching them but what I like to watch wasn't the typical female right so then even if you went to talk to kids you couldn't relate to them on what 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 current movie you watch in april you'd be like oh three musketeers they'd be like what the fuck is that you know so exactly you didn't watch the new barbie princess movie (laughs) no uh did i play with barbies yes like i mean i still was a little girl but was i 
also like seem like my brother's wrestling toys right. like <laughs> mixing it in with Barbies of course but yeah and so exactly I it was one of those things where I really didn't have a good connection with a lot of people my age that were females because of that like I I was very very tomboy in that sense mm-hmm. um I mean, heck, even went into, like, true, like, first, second grade type of thing. I was still, like, Pokemon and Mm. watching more cartoons, like, not not the girly cartoons, but, like, Ren and Stimpy. Right. um, Oh, yeah. Rocko's Modern World. Like, those types that were, again, more boy Mm. as opposed to the disney princesses and even that like i wasn't a big disney princess person i liked disney's animated animal ones right but it also went like i liked fox and the hound i like the classics fox and the mm-hmm. hound aristocats of course lion king absolutely loved that one i just never resonated with the girly princess stuff as right. much as i resonated with something like three musketeers and I don't know, like, I think that's probably also, like, where some of my comedy, like, comedic uh, timing comes from. I mean, like, fuck, like, <laughs> growing up watching Oliver Platt's Porthos. Porthos the pirate! Ah! Pirate? Told you I was saying this. Like, I still, my brain still quotes this movie, like, even when I don't watch it for a long time. It's so interesting how the upbringing that we have it really does like Mm -hmm. mold us because that's that's I mean that's it's interesting to think also okay how would you have turned out if you didn't have some of the influences that you did you know what I mean yeah like it it is very interesting because I'm I'm kind of like a mixture of where you came from but then also like the girly side like I was kind of in the middle I feel like and once I got into the point in my life where it was all about horses that changed me and I and I always think like okay if I didn't get involved in horses where would I be you know what I mean like what would mm-hmm. I have developed into what would I have become really passionate about and 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 where would I have you know taken things like it is very interesting how yeah. one thing can really change your whole existence <laughs> absolutely like I I think too besides this movie and like the genre like I was saying this the theme song all mm-hmm. for love it really is just such a gorgeous song like I still to this day get chills listening to it I love songs that do that I love songs that do that and so for that like I want to hear more of those musicians mm. as opposed to liking some of no granted like of course Hanson Backstreet Boys and Sing right. all of those of course, I was boy band, but I would focus on music, and literally, this song was huge, huge. I when I was talking to my mom about this, she was saying we would go to Pizza Hut or Mister Godfather's. It was a pizza place. It was where you truly sat down and oh, they came God. and brought. What's that? Oh, I know, right. <laughs> Pizza is now just so like it's more fast food where in the nineties it was 
an outing like oh my god yes the buffets and like the, the book clubs that they had and all yeah that. book it and they'd have the games like they'd have they'd oh, have yeah. like the little um the one we would go to it had a jukebox and then it had games like um mm. I think it was more of like the table games mm-hmm. like where you were sitting and like yeah um the computer table yeah uh, so we would always get my parents would always like give each of us kids like two dollars and quarters and we could do whatever with it while we were waiting for our food because mm. we'd place the order and then of course yep. it would take some time the boys would always go do games I would go this this place this jukebox had all for love <laughs> of course it did it's april's joint she's she's playing her song i would go and i would literally just only do all for love Aww. and my mom would have to come and like april we've heard it 10 on. times let's go she's like, <laughs> we're done let somebody else pick something I'm like no 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 like I was a little, I was a little brat with that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I only wanted, and I think like she tried to do, okay, well, let's play some, let's play. Oh, it's got this Brian Adams song. This is one of the singers from All for Love. Let's play this one. Oh yeah. And so I play you. <laughs> I would, I would, I would go ahead and do, but then I'd go right back for All for Love. Or I'd be like, I, I, I give somebody else a chance. <laughs> no they, one else. They had, <laughs> they had 30 seconds to go up and put some, put a point. That's all them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like this movie, I've got so many like different aspects that tie in for me personally. Like growing yeah, up. I, that is interesting that this movie kind of not only developed the genres of movies that you enjoyed after it, but also the music like that's really I'm curious as to know if anyone else has had that same experience like a movie or something influenced them that much that it sort of developed their future listens of like because that's weird I don't not not saying you're weird but I'm just you know what I mean like that is very interesting that that stuck with you that much that you were like yeah let me see what else they've done well, not just that, I, cause I, it's one of those things, obviously growing up, you don't necessarily understand that, but since we've been doing a deep dive into our past in the nineties, going back and thinking about this. And of course, like, like I told you, there's, there's a few things that I'm like, well, we have to, right. we have to touch. <laughs> and uh, this one, of course I was, was an obvious answer but even just within this last week it's all I was thinking about him like you know this is I think truly probably the first like swashbuckling kind of more actiony periodic time mm-hmm. movie that I saw we go down my list of favorite movies after this I mean Lord of the Rings is on there princess bride i mean even like chronicles of narnia being on there it has those same aspects pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. a lot of them i mean really kind of when i think about one of the only ones that isn't is like the harry potter right yeah it's one of those where i'm just going through the list i there granted there are a few um like turtles and surf ninjas that aren't don't have any aspect of that but the 
majority of ones and the ones that I still to this day find myself going back and re-watching multiple times a year or had watched enough times that if I go back and rewatch it now, I still would find myself quoting movie, like anticipating everything, like mm. doing deep dives into them. This really truly was that turning point. I would have said no, 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 no to all of those movies because I, <laughs> I don't feel like one, I haven't watched probably 90% of them. And two, it's, yeah, it's again, it's a genre that I just, I didn't grow up with. And I, yeah. I still don't, I still just don't watch those. You know what I mean? Like when you're searching for movies to watch mm -hmm. and stuff and you're like, eh. I mean, I've seen Pirates, but it's not a movie like you that you feel like you would want to go back and rewatch. I, I don't. I think about it and I'm like, hmm. But then I'm like, nah. Like, you know what I mean? Like once a you're, little. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're more, you like a lot. You're, are you more comedy, drama? Like what kind, where yeah. are you kind of fall in that? I'm definitely more comedy like okay. yeah definitely way more comedy I I don't know if maybe I so for me it's definitely I definitely like action mm -hmm. but I'm also one where it has to be a certain type of action that's what I was like gonna say because I like action like the Marvels movies are fun yeah. I love it I love anything with like Matt Damon you know um Liam Neeson you know those kind of actiony but it's again it's a different type of action than yeah. like three ninjas or um the ninja turtles or this like it's a different kind yeah. of action I guess yeah and that's kind of where I'm at like I I do enjoy those but with the exception of a couple of the Marvel ones if I look back at it my majority of favorite actions are these period in a sense period mm. pieces or that take place in a whether it be another time or another land I guess mm -hmm. um if you talk about like if you think about like Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia they have kind of a of good round genre like action some drama with it a little bit of comedy mm -hmm. But it's more like the sword action. I've always been super, again, probably because of this, I've always loved sword play. Okay, so something with something with that, at least in this movie alone, the sword fighting and wearing the hundred layers that they were wearing. Can you imagine that oh shit? Gosh. Like no like that just seems oh terrible <laughs> absolutely uh yeah I mean I give I give up props on that because it doesn't like you could almost kind of tell the texture of those tunics especially mm -hmm. look like super thick wool Ugh. and yeah the it, it does not look like it was a very easy task no like it, it is almost like wearing like a ninja suit you know like they're probably yeah. they probably had to train with wearing like weighted stuff because I feel like the sword fighting would have been more efficient if they weren't wearing as much you know what I mean like yeah like why didn't they put those two together when they were fighting like oh, let me take this stuff off and <laughs> but when you think about it, though with them wearing so much it took more of a 
a yeah. harder stab, yeah. more That's exerting true. of energy. But I do like talking kind of going up into the wardrobe on this. Tim Curry's outfit. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> I there are certain parts from this movie that yes. So when he right after the bath scene where he uh, where he just like creeped in like on her yes <laughs> i'm oh like gosh. yo tim like that's not okay <laughs> whoa um but when he then goes to talk to the king after he's done doing his um sword training and he's like the just how his movement and mm. the way he's got like the sword and he's like and i keep the moon underneath the folds of my robe and all of that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then at the towards the end where uh, at when they're getting ready for the for the birthday party or the birthday celebration whatever and right before the king and queen come walking in like he gets in line to greet them or whatever and he like swings the robe and everything it's very dramatic as he goes as he takes his stance and I just am like oh my gosh I wonder if that was actually in the script or if he threw that in there because he just seems like somebody who would have done that without it being in the script. That's what I'm saying. He completely probably opposite of Charlie Sheen. He seems like someone that studies his characters and really mm -hmm. like thinks about all the little nuances and like, okay, how can I really put a different spin on this? I, I yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. And I did, I did write down one of his lines that he said that I, I kind of thought was funny besides my note of Tim is creepy. <laughs> his line of kings come and go but there will always be me i'm just like whoa tim yes <laughs> i love it i love that line though <laughs> oh my gosh yes and then at the um after the dungeon where uh he's got the uh king and queen with him and uh keith keeper says like characters like well that'd be difficult considering the tree never left france He's like, a minor mistake. I will come back. <laughs> and then uh, Charlie Sheen like throws off the rope and he's like punching the guys um, off. And when he goes to, you'll never harm another man ever again. So help me God and gets ready to punch him. And King Louis like, wait, Tim Curry kind of like, <laughs> put like kind of like, oh my gosh. And then when King Louis, wait, He's just like <laughs> that creepy smile. Oh, to he him. has a perfect creepy just, smile. Oh my gosh, I I love it. I there's so many parts of this movie. So, do you have a favorite character? I mean, I have a least favorite, but do you have like who's your favorite? Oh gosh, I think I had a um, crush on Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan when I was younger. <laughs> mm -hmm. But as an adult i think you're the I only one like, that doesn't have facial hair <laughs> yeah well because he's supposed to be young younger he's supposed to be yeah like a, he's supposed to be like just 20 or something like that is he actually younger than everyone i think so 52 currently so yeah yeah i think just a little bit just a couple years younger yeah but i think that's why that because did did you you got the part where his father 
had been a musketeer and his father mm. had died protecting King Louis's father. Mm. And that had been a good chunk of time. So it kind of does a full circle. Tim Curry's right hand, Rochefort, mm. the guy with the um, thigh patch, mm. he had been trying to become a musketeer and ended up being the one to assassinate the king using D'Artagnan's father's sword. Mm, mm-hmm. And then he killed D'Artagnan's father first. Right. And then he used his sword to kill the king. And so time-wise, because the three, Athos, Aramis, and Porthos, had voted to like ban Rochefort from becoming a three musketeer. So they were, or not three musketeer, a musketeer. Mm -hmm. So they were high in the musketeer rankings. And so to be able to distinguish, even though they were a couple of years, only a couple of years, truly age difference is why they did the three of them with facial hair and Chris O'Donnell without. Was to make that distinguish, um, that distinguishment. I mean, in that one, like close to the beginning shot when they were <laughs> all the musketeers were out there, you couldn't really tell who was who. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, wait, they're they all look the same. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it really did. So going back, uh, as an adult, I probably really like Porthos. Okay him and uh athos they really care for aramis who's your least favorite of the four of the four probably uh charlie shade's character okay yeah but i was gonna say to him (laughs) like like it's super annoying like you know his character was like just coming in like way too hard and all of these oh yeah and you're like yo like super cocky <laughs> yeah super super cocky and like okay so and this drove me crazy re-watching it still after he'd heard the plan and mm. they were heading to calais and he woke up in calais mm. he tells sabine lady de winter everything dude Yank in her pants. That's what he was hoping for. <laughs> by telling her, like, like oh, what? Man. I I did like her character though, mm-hmm. Lady De Winter. Yeah. I I liked her character. I also like Constance. I liked Constance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I liked that. Honestly, the yes, there wasn't a lot of female characters, but it wasn't necessarily the typical. Oh, right yeah damsel in distress like mm-hmm. even the queen now she wasn't she didn't have a huge part but she wasn't quiet mm-hmm. she was like dude what the hell are you doing when he showed up and she was like telling king louis like i don't trust him like mm-hmm. we he he's not a good person so i did like how even in 1993 how they portrayed the females that they had mm. in this movie wasn't the typical just there for just there as a witch i mean of, of course thing. you would have someone nowadays who would be like oh they're not present enough and oh you didn't give them a big enough role and oh where's the diversity and oh <laughs> you'd have you, you know there's there are people out there but 
it wasn't really a movie that needed that woman aspect to it you know what I mean like there really wasn't really? Any, any point to it so adding more of that would have just I felt like damp dampened the whole movie like mm. and that's what they did with that newer one with oh. Mila it was don't get me wrong I love a strong female character and everything and I even love like a villainous female character mm-hmm. like Lady De Winter but there's for anybody whether male female whatever there is a there's like a certain point where it's like that's you're just doing that to to please people right. like this yeah. this doesn't go with the story Mm-mm. at all no yes while this this movie was not did not really have much diversity but then again we are talking about period piece where i don't feel like there was necessarily the diversity at that no. time Mm-mm. obviously i i didn't live in france in this time period so i don't fucking know for sure but i i do think as an adult and everything i have a lot of issues with disney and just how they do things their way of doing things mm-hmm. i guess but they will always have a piece of me because of this movie especially that's not good (laughs) i know it's not gotcha disney got me on this one like i it is you know it's also one of those things where you really don't feel this is a disney movie wasn't three ninjas a disney movie technically i think distribution wise yes so production something that something that i picked up on when i was watching this movie and I was like, hmm, now I see why April loves this movie so much and why, and why she loves Three Ninjas so much. The amount of hayas that I heard throughout this movie, I could not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was you know, I fucking fun. You know, that's always been something I've wondered about, like with watching martial art movies with watching like this the yeah like you said like yeah 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 like every time it's like why and there were sound effects too like i i could hear that they had included sound effects like mm-hmm. how i'm sure the original three ninjas was but not the version we watched but the original yeah. like they the or whatever they use for it like yeah. i heard them on this movie <laughs> absolutely you know it, it's one of those things where Again, I don't quite know. Again, probably because I'm, I've not done... I mean, I did some martial arts when I was a kid. And yeah, I think they were like, yeah, yeah. Like, right, yeah. And, as a kid, that's but fun. It, it's, <laughs> it's, I've never quite understood, I guess. And maybe it's it's more like a goal, like getting ready or like releasing. Mm-hmm something is something probably a lot more in depth than I will ever understand but definitely don't get it with swords yeah because you're kind of wondering now like was that scripted or did they just put it in because it's I mean it's even like when you watch tennis and how every time they hit they make this noise it's like does that become a habit like because there's no way you need to do that every time you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things with this like did it just happen naturally or did they script it? Yeah. Like every time you, you got to say, hi so people know you're like, hi 
yeah, you know, yeah. like I don't know. Or, yeah, or was it like um I know kind of like some of the some of the actors who were in Star Wars got in trouble when filming because they're doing oh really like yeah like i think um who was i think it was oh fuck yon mcgregor i think had gotten yelled at that's funny during the first one um during vanda manas because when he was doing the lightsabers he was like making the lightsaber sound and they're like cut 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 no no we won't put that in (laughs) we don't need you to make the we have and technology so, for that guy <laughs> yeah I don't know if it's like just growing up because it's it's weird like Princess Bride they don't if I remember correctly they're not doing the sounds like mm. they you just hear like the the swords like they're not the yeah 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 or anything like that and you also so have to wonder be... if it's like the editing room too like are they overlaying mm-hmm. it and like maybe in the princess bride they got rid of that because maybe, maybe they were saying it or you know what i mean or like they, they overlaid all of these and three musketeers or whatever with the high odds but they weren't actually saying it the whole time i didn't really watch the lip yeah. so i, don't know. I yeah <laughs> i mean like that's that's one of the things it's it's if you if you like really truly watch in depth um some of these older movies you will see so many inconsistencies that pass <laughs> through like a couple of scene uh, parts at the it big in fight scene with d'artagnan and the um sniper on the roof mm. when he falls after porthos like throws the or shoots him or whatever shoots him with the arrow yeah you can see like his uh harness for a quick second and then like it as it kind of pans you could kind of see the uh the mat oh i love that (laughs) whoopsies yeah it's i mean it's it's little fun things but and then like some of the where they've stabbed uh i think it's actually when Kiefer sutherland gets like stabbed in the arm Mm. when he's stabbed and it's pulled out it's in one spot, but then the next scene it like oh, goes down or or mm-hmm. up or something yeah. a little bit, and just the little things. But it's like you know, I mean, they didn't have access to the technology to replay as quickly as they do now. Right. I mean, a lot of times they'll check to make sure that it it came out clear or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all just depends on who they hired to be the one yeah. that is the consistency person i forgot what they call them but uh yeah i don't know <laughs> it happens in yeah. every movie regardless like you know what i it, mean it it's... does it does like i said it, i told you I'd, I'd have a good a good amount on this one because <laughs> i love how you're like oh, i hope you have a lot to talk. i was like girl you have no idea i've actually condensed it i will say the one part that i didn't like with the movie because now mm-hmm. this is coming into watching the movie I just kind of put some I put some random things on before like I got to Three Musketeers and they weren't good choices so I forgot which ones it was there was two other movies like it was all on Disney because I was getting prepped for Three Musketeers I was waiting for my boyfriend to finish cooking and I put on I think it was White Fang oh gosh and shit what was the other movie that I put on but oh Benji but like 
partway through both of these movies I stopped them because an animal dies in them and I'm like yeah this is not okay like no I'm not doing yes. this I know so which then, part you're talking about so then we're getting through three musketeers and I'm almost like we were we both said we're like if another animal dies we're done because like we saw the horses like my dog was getting excited too because the horses are running and she loves when horses are on screen and she gets all involved and then a horse dies and I'm like are you yeah. fucking kidding me <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, I blocked that part out because, because I, in my mind, I go, but he, he's okay. Because at the end, at the end, he's got the white horse again. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, so he just got injured. He just, he fell over. Like he just got injured. He had to, he had to take a little break. They've been, they've been writing for hours or whatever, because I mean, they, like they said, Dirtia said his, his, his rear end could use a break and everything. (laughs) So that's like how my brain does it. Because like I said, at the end, they have all four of the horses are white mm. and everything and so I'm like okay so you okay. think yeah yeah not that there it's aren't okay. more white horses in the world it's just those four <laughs> okay I was three okay I had to give myself a reason <laughs> like I had to do it but yeah no like I I yeah that that was one of the one things I think we could definitely have like they could have just done without yeah, cut that little scene off like they could have done the yeah. shoot but then not you know we wouldn't have or whatever and yeah. not have realized I mean but. I did I, I was nice that they didn't like actually like show like him like putting right. them down or anything right like, <laughs> like, kind of because yeah I probably at that point myself when I was a kid I probably would be like I don't want this anymore just because that's how I am because I'm the same way like I, you can you can kill the main characters you uh-huh. can kill everybody but if you touch an animal like no I will I John went their ass <laughs> like exactly I was like that's I, I love how that's like become the norm is you John with them that has become <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh. I do find again myself quoting it so many times or just random bits like Okay, that scene at the end where Porthos saves D'Artagnan while on the roof. And he's like, it's about time. Come, D'Artagnan, we're saving the king. <laughs> I just, those, it's it's one of those things, like even just when I, when I think about it and quote it in my mind, it just is, I can't help but smile on different, different things. So three musketeers. Three musketeers. It confused me throughout the whole movie because I thought there were four of them, but there well, were only so three. there, there, there was only three. I know, because... but it's like it's a kind of confusing. But I, I get what who the three musketeers are. Yeah, but then at the end, all the musketeers come back. All the musketeers came yeah. back. So like, are they not three musketeers anymore? Well, so it's. There were they're the three main musketeers, <laughs> and they're they were the three that didn't didn't turn in. Here's what I was thinking when the movie was going. So we're like, okay, three musketeers, and then like there was the fourth guy coming in, and so mm. what we thought was that one of them was gonna die, so that there would only still be three musketeers. So that's kind of where my 
mind went with that but that's not yeah enough. no one died i was no literally and the whole movie i'm anticipating okay someone's gonna die so no one died well it uh, that that is actually kind of one of the things that i did like i think about it probably as a kid and why my parents were somewhat okay with it was well, technically so technically rochefort does true but it's it's not like it's a drawn out death mm-hmm. or anything he's a bad guy so it's right. okay he's because he's a to. bad guy yeah. um and then i mean sabine but she that she like jumps to her death oh well, it's yeah that was cool. that, that was okay i forgot about that scene i'm like okay like wait a second now we have a suicide scene what the fuck april oh. <laughs> this is crazy See, again, i don't look at it like that like you, you don't as a kid you don't think about it like you kind of think about how he he's he stopped it he was like you have the you can choose how to leave this world and everything but please just help us type of type of thing but obviously as an adult i realized yes that it <laughs> she is committing suicide because she'd rather kill herself than but but that's kind of also how went along with her character she liked control mm-hmm. and she liked to be able to make decisions for herself mm-hmm. and that's why like i don't think it worked with her husband that she had killed because Right. probably whatever we don't know the backstory on that but she y- utilized her assets and liked to be in control mm. and to be to be executed like that is losing that control but he gave it back to her and that's why she she went ahead and told him what the plans were and then he gave her the chance to go out with go out how she wanted to mm. but i mean let's be honest the people the cliff dive every day from super high heights maybe she did live okay <laughs> that whole boom at the end she lived she's good <laughs> she fell in the water okay oh my god oh that's great i i do think it's it's a good one to watch i I don't think it's one it, you you didn't mind watching it correct like it wasn't like we've had some of the others where you're like god April what are, what are you doing to me yeah I feel like it it's a good mixture of action and comedy but not too much of either you know what I mean like and then like the history period piece type so it kind of embodies a lot of different genres to where I feel like that's where you're able to pull a different audience from though kind of just like briefly scrolling through wikipedia it seemed like their reviews or whatever weren't like amazing like people weren't Mm -mm. like wowed by it which is kind of interesting yeah i i'm not surprised by that i am sure it's so it came out just before the holidays in 1983 and so I feel there probably was a few other things that were competing at that That's time. true. 93 was a big year of movies to where, mm-hmm. yeah, this could have been a hard one to. Pass. Yeah. And just like, um, like my husband and I were talking recently, the movie, there was a movie that came out just after Ant-Man, most recent, was that Ant-Man or Guardians? 
the Marvel no, just movie? after the just after yeah so like it back in may at the beginning of may was guardians of the galaxy the new guardians and the following week there was another movie that came out called knights of the zodiac oh which i didn't i liked the concept there's a few like story issues that it kind of was like and didn't wasn't the best with but we literally had to i had to find a theater because most of the theaters around here weren't playing it oh wow and there was maybe 10 people in the theater when we went on opening night and alex was like what's like why like this is this is a different type movie i go think about it guardians just came out last week Mm -hmm. people are still going to that oh yeah People are still going to Little Mermaid because my friend was going tonight and she said it was sold out and they had to go to a different theater. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's been like two weeks. Wow. That's yeah. really crazy. <laughs> and that's crazy, especially like right now because theater, going to the theater has been such a... I don't feel like hmm. that many people are doing it. Yeah. I think probably, honestly, for Three Musketeers, critics are not... Critics and reviews don't usually care for period pieces like this. Yeah, they're pretty I've harsh noticed. judges, I feel like, with them. And if it's not the big name, huge blockbuster type, it, it, yeah, it really would, doesn't get Yeah, much. I would say the cast at that time wasn't like a household name. So, no, they, yeah, that makes sense. They were they were still very I don't want to say say green, but they the they weren't where they're at now. Right. Mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland's definitely a household name. Charlie Sheen, not in a good way, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Oliver Platt, he's he's had a lot of different. He's done There's... stuff recently besides Beethoven. Like what? What have I seen him in recently? Because oh, I... okay, yeah, Let's I see. So he was in the movie um, 2012 with John Cusack. I don't know if you saw that one. Oh, that was like that. Um, was it like an apocalyptic type thing? Yeah, but yeah. Oh, the, yeah. I the mind into the world. That right? might be where I'm remembering him from. Because he was like, he kind of had like, a, if I remember correctly, like a scientist look, like glasses mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. He's. I mean, his his list goes on and on. Oh yeah, he did some episodes of The Good Wife. That's, I probably saw him in that most recently. If anything. But. Yeah. I mean, he was in Bicentennial Man with mm. Robin Williams. But yeah, still, like you said, I mean, they're not, not huge I mean, names backed behind this movie, which I don't know. It's yeah, kind of, I think, kind of like surprising for like, I could expect that for an independent, but for a Disney film, I'm kind of, I mean, even though like the list of names that you read out earlier, those sounded way bigger than what these guys were at that time. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it is kind of interesting, but a lot of them that they probably had originally turned it down. They were like, this is not the role for my career. And these guys were up and coming and maybe just Yeah. And I think it might have also been it could have also been budget wise. Mm -hmm. If you think of it like they may have wanted those people, but Mm -hmm. then they could have been like, well we'll do it, but this is what you better pay me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then looking at their budget they there it's it was a little better to maybe grab 
Yeah. Like I said, Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland had been in Young Guns, mm-hmm. which which was a it was a pretty big eighties popular movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I happened to just be like looking at the wiki page because when we were talking about Disney and and its involvement and stuff, you know where now my brain goes to when I think Disney and movies is that there's got to be some scandal involved. There's got to be some bullshit now. <laughs> Oh yeah. There was. There oh, was. Give me, give me, give me, so, give me, give me. It said like development, you know, in 92. Um, another production company also simultane- simultaneously began development on an adaptation of Three Musketeers. I did see that. So after somebody had been hired to write the screenplay of a the different adaptation, Columbia. They accused Disney of stealing concepts, which were its intellectual property. So they settled the matter. But like, really? Like, we were doing this again, Disney? What the fuck? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Disney. So Columbia Pictures adaptation could have been the one that was made, but Disney won it. And wow. Huh. Dang. (laughs) I'm not surprised, but like why (laughs) i don't know like even back then you're thinking about it like yeah that you expect that now for sure i mean but then again when you think about it disney owns practically 95 percent of all entertainment anyways (laughs) let's be honest they've got lucas films they've got marvel they've got all the animated they've got pixar they've got all these different things they've fox they i mean they've Mm. eating up everything and so yeah i you can see that being the case now if like some little production company was trying to do something Mm -hmm. and they'd be like "Mm, i like that idea we want it we're gonna (laughs) take it and you're kind of just like well i mean you got more money you got more power I guess you're gonna take it. Like, what give, are you gonna do? Give me some, like, hand some of that money over, and I'll maybe let you take it. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I hate the fact that they there are a couple of their movies that are like ones that, like this one, that I just I will never not watch. I will always watch it. A couple of the animated ones, only like like now that I think about it, there's probably only a good handful or so movies that are mm-hmm. truly ones that t- i'm like oh it's a disney movie but <laughs> i really really love this movie yeah sometimes i think that too about movies i'm like when like the whole disney intro comes on you're like oh i don't know like, i don't like this <laughs> yeah that's sad to think about because that was like our childhood like disney yeah all the time <laughs> maybe that's why it's we like- are kind of cringy about it now we're just like okay too much Disney. <laughs> well, that and I mean, I I know exactly part of the reason Disney in the late two thousands was shoving themselves down throats, yeah. like with Hannah Montana. Oh God! <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Miley Cyrus. I actually really did enjoy some of her, um, the Hannah songs too. I was older than her, and I still ended up getting sucked into that world, like for some reason. <laughs> When I walked by, I think it was what limited two or whatever, and oh they had God. a freaking Hannah Montana uh, toilet seat. Not a toilet you seat me about that. <laughs> a toilet seat. That is at that point unnecessary. I was like, I can't, I can't, 
I I can't. Wait, did the toilet see did it like sing a Hannah Montana song? Like that oh god, I hope honestly not. that might have been kind of fun, but as a kid, not as an adult, but <laughs> you get the best of both worlds when you take when a you shit. take a shit. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god i kind of want to look that up on ebay now and see if someone's <laughs> that's terrible Honey, i want to use my hand my hand in the toilet we ain't using that one that, that's teaching you bad words oh my god uh. I, no like but that's the thing girl like yes disney was huge in our childhood but as time has progressed, they have be- just become, honestly, is it bad? That I feel- it sounds horrible. I feel like they're kind of turning into a little bit of like almost a, a Skynet Terminator type. Thing. Like mm-hmm. they own practically everything. They're trying to take over. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where it's like, we now as adults see mm-hmm. through the covers that they the blinders they try to put on right. since i think also since like you and i we do not have kids so we don't have or we're not thinking oh i feel my kids bad for those parents because you think about like how much and how often they're watching like disney type stuff like over and over and over again like i'm so glad i don't have to watch all that newer disney stuff for one and two just like having to keep watching it into your adult years like it's sometimes nice to go back and watch some of those nostalgic things Mm -hmm. but to think about having if if you had a kid and had to watch those all the time, like you're now just becoming, oh what what's that word? Like they, they're like owning you. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. rewiring your brain to where it's like Disney, yeah. Disney, Disney, Disney. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I kind of, with these, granted, it's nice that they're the streaming services and everything, mm-hmm. but going, if you go on it and you look at what's on Disney plus, Number one, like Princess Bride's on there. 10 Things I Hate About You. The movie. I know. That's the thing. If you go back and probably look to see what Disney actually was ever a part of or owns or whatever, like now and then, you would probably be like, wait a second, get your hands out of that pot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like all of the National Geographic stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, if you go through and you, you go, you don't go into like the Marvel or the right. Star Wars or those, those groupings, which they try to kind of like steer you to, to, yeah. to some of it. You're like, now, is that just because they bought or were they truly a part of it True. initially? And that's, it's, you're kind of like, like, a, like 10 things I hate about you. I think that was something that was part of i think that was probably a fox Mm -hmm. and so when they when they bought out fox right they they, automatically own rights to it which yeah so again their involvement wasn't actually when it was made but still you're like now like okay (laughs) if there's a 12 year old kid who's got unfiltered disney plus access (laughs) watching 10 things i hate about you Mm. Well, they're gonna have fun. <laughs> what that came out in two thousand, I think. Ninety nine. I think it was ninety nine. 
I watched it when it came out because I love Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been watching it when it came out. I really yeah. shouldn't. No, not at your age. I mean, I was only, I would have been only been 11. So even that's still kind of like on the young, young side of it. But, yeah. oh my gosh. I mean, hell, I, I shouldn't have been watching this movie when it came out. I, I'm glad I do have it on DVD. I do wish I still had the VHS. Hmm. We had purged our VHSs. I know, I know. That's what I think about too. I'm like, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. But like I said, that was a VHS that once I actually got the damn thing yeah, and it wasn't one. blank, it was constantly, constant, constant, constant. We should definitely post a thing to see if anyone else has ever gotten a blank a blank because i'd be very curious i don't recall in my lifetime ever having that happen but i'm very curious if anyone else has yeah (laughs) that's that's like one in a million (laughs) and you could have won the lotto (laughs) obviously it wasn't i mean like it had the stamp it wasn't like it was just somebody black market (laughs) yeah it wasn't it wasn't that it had the stamp across it and because that's what they were trying to be like oh you got this right so you guys just bought a blank tape and (laughs) trying to get money back (laughs) it has the stamp where the fuck are we gonna get that stamp from it would be interesting to know if anybody else ever had that situation if if you if they did did you have trouble getting another copy was it the same situation I did? Like for me, where it was at a time where the productions were so spaced out because it was take it took so long to create yeah. those VHSs. Yeah, how long did it take? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like with DVDs, that process was a lot faster. DVDs and Blu-ray mm-hmm. making them, whereas I feel like with a VHS, it actually took the length of the movie to eat for each tape. oh i'm sure if not more like I, yeah I'm, I'm curious as to know the whole process of yeah. and that's probably why they made such a limited copy because it was it was time consuming and expensive to probably mm-hmm. produce mass produce yeah. and with a movie that maybe didn't do super well in the theaters the first couple of weeks because maybe they judge it by that they're like okay well we don't really need to make a ton of copies go no one's yeah. watching it or like it was, because I, I think it was like they, that the stores were saying that they had received like maybe 10 to 20 copies mm. in hmm. their shipment, that like holiday shipment in October, November of 94. So they, and they didn't get anything else till the next round again in spring. Especially when you live in a small town, too, your stores are limited. It's not like you have 20 to choose from like we do nowadays. Like you have like maybe two. (laughs) Yeah, we legitimately had Kmart, Walmart. I'm trying to, I don't even know if Walmart actually was there at that point. Mm. I know, I know our Kmart was. Kmart was a shit back then. Yeah. I love that. And then we had, then we had, uh, mom, let's go to Lizard Caesars. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh the kmart like cafe they had so they had so much that's a whole episode but like they had so much shit oh there gosh. like oh my god yeah we're going to kmart let's go to Kmart. you know what i mean it was like oh yeah we're going to kmart yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh man i'd also like to know if anyone else thought that that i don't remember his name but that like redhead character oh my gosh 
yeah the any, one does anyone else did anyone else feel like he reminded you of the the guy that did that um skittles commercial that berries and cream and berries and cream like oh my <laughs> does he not God. remind you of that shit like Oh my god! Like, like, what is that guy? What's happening right now? Why did you just put that in my mind? Like, holy shit! Yes, you're welcome. God, yeah, no, his character was was something else. Like, it was was that kind of like it was that kind of uh, I don't necessarily was like almost kind of like an anti-hero type character where Mm. it was just. He was also he was also just there for so for extra comedic relief. Why does it say though that he was he played two characters, Gerard and Jusak or whatever it says? So Gerard was the redhead one, like that. Mm-hmm. It was okay. the, the the one. Give my regards to your sis, like Tartania. Mm-hmm. Don't lose your head. Yeah. And then Jusak, I think, was probably either in the ship scene like with lady uh de winter okay or or maybe he was um one of the musketeers or something at the beginning yeah but i'm sure it was one of those where we we've got this other character that maybe has like one line do we really fly somebody else out yeah or do we just we have a select cast right now Instead of just giving it to some rando, hey, this person's not in the scene, make him up. He looks kind of familiar. I was trying to see if I knew him from something. What was him? Paul, Paul. Paul McGann. He's done some like theater work, but yeah, I don't really see anything that I would have watched him in. Doctor Who, he did some stuff in Doctor Who. He's saying like he's the voice or something. The Doctor voice. Oh. I've never watched Doctor Who, so I don't have any idea on that. Yeah, I've watched some really random episodes, but not by choice. Mm. Yeah, I really don't see him in, in anything that I know. But like just his picture on Wikipedia, he looks he looks like he could be Doctor Who. It says he became the eighth incarnation of the Doctor. Okay, yeah, Doctor I'm getting Who. I'm getting down to that that time frame he was in queen of the damned did you ever see that i've heard of it but i don't think i ever actually saw it okay yeah his character was silly but i just you know what? it was just like one of the you know it's just like one of the things that you're watching something you're like why the fuck does that remind me of something and then mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no you're so right so completely right there is <laughs> i mean it, it probably is like the same period time period too where yeah that's that's like that clothing he was wearing in that commercial so <laughs> oh my gosh oh i did like how that little chase sequence led up to him meeting d'artagnan meeting porthos and aramis mm-hmm. because because of he was running away from them all those kinds of things and like i guess there's just so many good lines in this movie that that alone i could be here for hours just like which ones and everything the ones that are embedded in your brain forever oh my gosh <laughs> the, when tim curry's getting the bounty hunters like sending out this like uh thanks to our winged friends every bounty hunter mercenary within a thousand leagues will 
be watching for them. 1,000 gold pieces on their heads, dead or alive. I prefer dead. You know, nowadays they would have taken his character and made a whole like side movie from him. You know what I mean? Like they oh definitely would have like, I'm surprised they didn't yes. like, back then, but I could see that happening oh. now. <laughs> oh, that would have been, that would have been pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially if they stuck with him. Right. Yeah. Like I don't see, I couldn't see anybody else portraying it in the way he did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't th- I can't remember if I told you when I was watching just randomly years ago, the uh, Bell's Enchanted Christmas. Mm-hmm. He voices one of the characters in that. What? Yeah, Bell's Enchanted Christmas. Because hmm. that that's like takes place during Christmas when they're still they're still cursed and everything. Right. He voices a organ. Uh, oh, I do think I remember when we did that episode. You you mentioned that, but yeah, I didn't like really. That's crazy. It was the same kind of thing from like Beethoven when watching Beethoven. I'm oh. watching. I'm watching this, and I'm like. And this, it was the voice. It was just the voice. I'm like, Mom, what? Can you come here? Rewind it. Why do I know this voice? Why do I know this voice? Three Musketeers. Cardinal Fischler. It was. Oh my gosh. So many things go back to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like watch 24 because Kiefer Sutherland. Because of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I feel, I feel like we all do that, whether consciously or self-consciously, like we, we do the things that we do. We watch the things that we do. We listen to the things that we do. And it's usually because of something yeah. from our earlier life. So that, and I mean, that makes sense. I, if I would have grown up with this movie, I probably would have watched 24 too, but I, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't despise it. Like no. Somebody. Yeah. No. <laughs> You're lucky. Uh, You're lucky. Now, if there had been some ninjaing in there, I would have been like, mm, "The three ninjas were going back down that road again." But we went with no. the musketeers route. <laughs> it was a little bit also the, the, a little more. We went from adult. the three ninjas to the three musketeers. <laughs> it was also a little more adulty. It was, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wondered. I was like, okay, you said that you guys watched it because I mean, we've been friends and talked about all of our a lot of our favorite stuff and movies and everything I'm like she probably didn't hate it but I know <laughs> she didn't love it she's she's I'm just gonna tell her rip the damn band-aid off give it to me straight <laughs> give it to me straight and then <laughs> and then shut up and listen and then, exactly yeah I mean that's a, yeah <laughs> hey hey there's gonna be some of those where you do the same thing to me so <laughs> So this would be your, would you say like if someone asked you all time favorite movie of all, like favorite movie of all time, would this be, would you say? Every time. Okay. Every time. There was a little bit junior high, high school where I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with Lord of the Rings. Mm. And that was for a while. So Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter came out the same time, like beginning Mm. wise. I started with Harry Potter, then like fell in love with Lord of the Rings. Of course, stuck with both of them through their time frames mm. of um, new releases. But it's always come back to Three Musketeers as being 
my favorite. Like I said, there will be times where something will like take a step above it sure, for a little bit of time. Whether it's just a movie that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I watched a hell of a lot of times. Like for instance, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. I mm. saw that. I saw that movie nine times in theaters. Oh my nine god! Times by like the fourth time, I could quote the whole damn thing. People hated going with me, but like, but it was also that was a summer movie. It was, I think, like my junior senior year of high school. Mm. So I was. I had a vehicle. I could drive myself. I didn't have anything else going on. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll fucking go. Oh yeah. yeah I've seen it five times already, but I'll <laughs> fucking see it again. We're going to the matinee. So it's cheaper. What's the anyways. 20th time? <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, for like that period, yeah, that one jumped mm-hmm. in front of Three Musketeers for a little bit. But like I said, it always comes back to Three Musketeers. And I I think, let me just double check this here real quick. Let me see. Well, plus this... even still, like even if you love another movie for a short time period or or even for the rest of your life like it will still never stand the test of time to what three musketeers did like it obviously is imprinted on your life at such a young age and for such you know for a certain reason that regardless any other movie after this will just be its own thing yeah so i just was curious on this there was the three musketeers night there was 1973 version, I think, is what you were thinking of. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I ever saw it. It may have may have been on Ooh. the TV, but I don't know. Well, shit. Am I, if I'm just skimming this as freaking wiki, and I hate wiki. Um, but it looks like Christopher Lee was in it. In the original? Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Christopher Lee and Faye Dunaway. Damn. <laughs> I, I may don't have know to... who Christopher Lee is. 1973, uh, a live action one. Oh, they made an animated one and a live action. Wait, whoa, I gotta go back for a second. Hanna-Barbera? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see how it is. Hanna-Barbera just... owned the animation world. Disney oh, yeah. owned, like, everything yeah. else. Christopher Lee, did you watch Star Wars, the... Episode two, Attack How of the Clones. I didn't see his name in the cast list. Who are you talking Oh, Christopher Lee. Oh, never mind. I see him. Oh, he's too old in that picture to, to know if I've seen him in something. Did you did you watch Star Wars stuff? Yeah, only recently, but I didn't grow up with it. Okay. Either way. Um, Attack of the Clones. Okay. The second one, the one with like uh, Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. The first one that he was in, Christopher Lee was Count Dooku. He was the Sith, the the main antagonist, the antagonist in that one. You would recognize him, like if you saw him if on I, the screen. If he wasn't, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because I I don't, I don't know who you're talking about in that Star Wars movie. What year did that come out? The that Star Wars was uh two thousand something. Oh, here it is, Clone Wars. No, that's no, that's um, animated. Oh, Revenge of the Sith, Count Dooku. Yeah, uh, so he was in Revenge of the Sith for just a few minutes, and then he was also in the Attack of the Clones. Did you watch the Willy Wonka, the Charlie mm. and the to- the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. not Willy Wonka, Charlie? Yeah. So he was Doctor Wonka. Oh. He had a little. I haven't seen that movie since it came out, though. Probably. 
Yeah. He was Lord of the Rings, which is where like I attached onto him. Hmm. I mean, his he's his credits was all almost 300 titles before he passed that's oh he passed oh man that's a lot yeah Mm. i mean he passed he passed at 93 oh look he he was in return of return from wish mountain Mm, yes he was the 19 uh, whatever 70s 70s one yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he was the bad guy in that yeah Mm. he passed in 2015 at 93 he would have been 101 years old he lived a long life then. That's crazy. He, he really did. That is our tale into Three Musketeers. Woo! You got it over with. We did it. I've heard about it. this from day one of podcasting and we got through it. How many episodes <laughs> in? Like 40 or something? I don't even know, but hey. We finally got to it. We did. 93 is a good year so 93 is good we've got a lot of good ones coming mm-hmm. and we know how we should end it one for all and all and for one all for one <laughs>